0: Welcome, this is the Effective Challenge podcast. My name's Damien and this is where I discuss topics that are relevant to both individuals and teams And the content is aimed at things that you can practically do to improve your performance. And as a result of that, the results you're able to achieve. I'm really interested in any comments you got around the content or perhaps topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Uh, Please drop me a line. It's Damien at EffectiveChallenge.com. That's Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N at EffectiveChallenge.com. Welcome to this episode uh, sixteen uh, of the Effective Challenge Podcast. As always, thanks for for comments um, from the last episode, which uh, had a real focus on time, and uh, that felt like a, a topic that that really seemed to resonate with uh, with with people. And um, as I said in in the cast uh there's uh plenty of uh, content there that we could expand on uh, <clears throat> and judging by the by the by the comments um that that's something that, that that people would welcome so so i'll definitely put that into the into the future schedule of uh cast to come Um one question that i thought was quite an interesting one i'd, I'd kind of made reference in the cast about you know actually just Sitting back and, and doing nothing is, is actually a something. Uh, and somebody was asking, you know, can you do too much of that? Uh, slightly tongue in cheek, obviously. Um, and you know, joking aside, quite a serious point. So, so yeah. I've, I've, Definitely think that you can do too much of that. Particularly if you don't really know what it is you're not doing whilst you're sitting back. So that that ability to put your arms around and understand all of your commitments is, is a is a big part of, of really and truly being able to sit back and, and relax. And, you know, I've certainly worked with people that have have suffered a bit from from underload so we, we tend to focus on stress as as being something generated by overload but underload is, is equally um uh stressful for people uh where they feel you know they're not contributing where they feel that you know the things they are doing you know aren't that meaningful um yeah that, that can be quite problematic so so i guess my answer to that you know can you sit back too much um is you know Probably a theme for most of the content of my cast is, you know, it's about the balance, the balance you strike. Uh, so important to, to, to do that. also bumped into somebody this week and they uh, were talking to me about the uh, a cast that I'd done a while back, which was uh, around planning and uh, plan or not to plan. And... Um, and that it had made a real difference to them, and they 'd taken a few of the ideas uh, that that i'd discussed and uh, particularly, uh, organising things in ninety-day plans, and um, they'd begun to to roll that out to the rest of their team, and you know it had had good effect. That got me thinking. So you know, one of the ideas that I have, or one of the objectives I have around uh, many of these casts, is that you know, the content isn't is 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 evergreen. You know, it, you can pick it up at any point. So if you are a relatively new listener. To the Effective Change podcast, have a have a check back through the back catalogue. Um, there's some uh, hopefully some some useful stuff there. Ones that have been really uh, most popular certainly in terms of downloads. Uh, the the one around plan not to plan. Uh, are you stuck in a state uh, and uh, get it out of your head? I think get it out of your head is, is is the is the number one. That that's the the one that has has been downloaded the most. Um, so so yeah. Um, there are some downsides to podcasts though Uh, yeah they're they're relatively uh, high level skim around these subjects certainly when working with people I will be able to go a lot deeper get a lot more specific about the different situations that individuals or teams face so if that's something that is of interest to you and you'd like to pursue uh, taking your performance to the next level um, yeah drop me a line Uh, be really good to see how we might be able to collaborate and work together damien uh, at com is the email address that's damien d-a-m-i-a-n at com. so let's get on to this latest uh, edition uh, of the podcast uh, are you too fancy I guess, guess the first thing I need to do is explain the title uh, so there's been a few uh, examples of this over the last few weeks where I've had conversations with people I've, I've worked on a couple of different projects with people uh, and that they've wanted to achieve something not entirely sure that they had all the clarity they needed about what they wanted to achieve but they'd kind of got themselves bogged down in lots of detail they'd They've kind of overcomplicated things and become very, very complex and almost tricked themselves into believing that, you know, without kind of lots and lots of analysis, without critical in their minds, and you know, I guess critical would be in inverted commas, systems being put in place, without some quite complicated MI, some quite complicated spreadsheets, they couldn't make any progress. Um, and when asking some quite, you know, what I would probably think quite basic questions, they were they struggled to to come to come up with the answers. And this this got me thinking, you know, there's a real tendency. Uh, I see this in myself as well sometimes, uh, to to get a bit fancy about what it is we need to make progress on something. And so this cast is going to be about you know a some of the things that can happen. Uh, when we, we we do overcomplicate and we do come become a bit a bit bit too complex and some of the influences that perhaps encourage that uh on us and then you know hopefully final part you know what are some of the things you can do to to help yourself uh to make that progress without without becoming too fancy okay so so what are some of the things that can happen when we've we've got ourselves into that position well first one I would say and that was certainly the case with the people that, that I was working with is if they got a bit lost they got lost not not really in what they were trying to achieve but as I already said they could have probably done with a bit more clarity over over that they got lost with the approach so they'd spun off lots of different uh, tasks and initiatives to be worked on. Uh, and, you know, they'd got themselves into a position where they were saying, well, we can't move forward on X because we're waiting for the data uh, to come back. And in some cases, of course, that, that might be the case. But when probing, you know, that, that data wasn't that critical. So they'd almost tricked themselves that... And got lost. That you know the plan that they constructed, it it didn't have a critical path. It was just a bunch of tasks, uh, and you know probably of equal importance. And and that leads on to the second point, which is you know when we've become too complicated. Uh, too fancy, um, we can sometimes find it really difficult to prioritize. So everything feels like it's of equal importance. And then we start to build up a bit of stress and anxiety about making decisions and uh, believing that. You know, we'll be able to make a decision when we have got X's agreement or we'll be able to make a decision when we've got you know, Y report or we'll be able to make a decision when we've got Z uh, coming back to us with the research that we've commissioned. Now. I am really not saying don't do any of those things because, yeah, there are times when it's absolutely right and absolutely relevant. What I am saying is just just be clear um, about why it is you're asking for this research? Why it is you need this information? Uh, and, you know, without that, you know, it just becomes or you just make your life that that much harder. And it's not just your life that you make harder. Uh, final point about some of the, the challenges around overcomplication and getting fancy around approach is you struggle to bring people with you. You struggle because they can't really see how all these different bits connect up. I mean, I guess it stands to reason if you can't see why how they connect up, how on earth are you going to expect someone else to be able to do that? And when you struggle to bring people with you, it, it makes it so much harder to delegate and it certainly makes it harder to del- meaningfully delegate. I see lots of examples where where people are delegating, but you know, I guess, um, you know, it's kind of go for delegation, you know, go for this, go for that, um, and and as a result, people don't really understand why they're doing the thing that they're doing. That they'll follow it to to the letter in some cases, but they don't understand why, and that sends up quite a, a codependency on the person that's doing the ask. So quite difficult and quite challenging and very often means that a people take on more of the work themselves. So they tend to, because people don't understand, they believe they have to do it themselves. Uh, and B it can be, it can be quite a frustrating place to be for people that are working for you. Um, and I say working for you, you know, that, that, that can, you know, it's not just in the professional environment this applies. It also uh, provide uh, exists in the in the personal environment and you know friends and and, and the like. You're trying to organise uh, a weekend away. You know, if you overcomplicate that, it can become quite confusing for people. Okay, so I said I would just touch on you know why sometimes we aren't helped in that by the external world and i'm just going to pull on on you know one theme and give a few examples of it and that's the marketing world Uh, and you know bless it the marketing world is there to sell very often to sell products uh, to influence us uh, to create in some cases a degree of uncertainty or in some cases to create Uh, the thought in our minds that we've got a problem that needs to be solved. Uh, And, of course, good marketing uh, follows up with the solution or perhaps more importantly, solutions. Uh, And there are many and varied. And and I guess I'm going to bring out three examples. Um, The First of those is uh, around exercise and diet. Yeah, you know, there's a massive industry or industries uh, in, around exercise and diet that can quite quickly uh, encourage a person to overcomplicate uh, some goal around wanting to get a bit fitter and perhaps um, wanting to make some adjustments in, in their diet. Uh, and, you know, I was listening to a podcast myself around nutrition and uh, this was around a particular uh, sporting product uh, for, for nutrition uh, to, do with, to do with cycling. And, and there was a, a sports scientist being interviewed, and he, he said, you know, a lot of our products are, are absolutely fantastic, but they had a kind of cherry or even icing uh, on, the, on the cake. That's probably a bad analogy, actually, when talking about nutrition. I'll stick with it. Uh, cherry and icing on the cake, you know, if you're not doing, if you've not got a decent cake to start with, it, it's not going to really help. So his, his explanation, if you're not eating good, fresh, uh, fresh food, uh, you know, fruit and vegetables, et cetera, um, you know, taking high high end supplements is probably not not going to do you. It probably won't do you any harm, but it's, it's not going to do the good that you believe it might. So that's a really good example. Are you doing the basic things? Same with exercise. You know, um, yeah, yeah, very often we can. Spend quite a bit of time. I see people spending quite a bit of time researching, you know, what are they, what gym are they going to join? You know, uh, what personal trainers going to give them the best and talk to friends and what's your your experience uh, to to learn all of that, which is brilliant. And I'll come on to that later, the final part of this cast. Um, But yeah, just don't overdo it. You know, the industry is there to encourage people to feel like they they have a better option that's just out there. If only they could find it. So keep searching. Um, yeah, and very often that that can be quite elusive uh, and you can certainly make progress without continually trying to reach for something that's bigger and better. My second example, and it it goes back to um, episode 15, and that's time management and productivity systems. Uh, You know, there are so many out there and so many approaches, so many apps, and um, some people people describe that as productivity porn. You know, people get a real kick out of searching for the new system, adjusting their system that's going to help them be that much more productive. Chances are it won't. You know, are you doing the real basics? Final area, and this is one that frustrates the life out of me, uh, certainly when working on projects, and that's risk management and uh, complicated approaches to risk management, complicated risk registers, uh, people spending time arguing over mitigation plans and ownership and, you know, I'm not saying don't do those things because, of course, they are absolutely critical to risk management. But tends what I tend to see is people get more hooked up in in board meetings over the the process, the approach, than actually mitigating the risk itself. Um, you know, is this is this a very high or a high level risk? And I you know, I just always ask the question. You know, I spend quite a bit of time uh, in challenge functions in in project boards uh and you know i'll always ask the question what, what happens differently if we grade this as very high versus high and very often there's some blank looks around the around the table um sometimes there's a bit of an approach which is great but so let's not argue whether it's high or very high let's do something about the risk itself let's do the mitigation it kind of feels like risk management's a verb to me so so spend your time there So there's three examples of of, um, where overcomplication can can play out. Exercise and diet, time management and risk management. Okay, so let's get a bit more positive. Been a bit downbeat there. Uh, What can you do to help yourself? So I've got four things. Uh, There are many uh, uh, that could could play in here. So I've selected four. Uh, And the first of those, and I've alluded to this uh, a few times. um, Okay clarity of objective. What is it you're actually trying to achieve? So whether that comes down to, you know, you want to lose a bit of weight, you get a bit better with nutrition, whether that comes down to you want to improve your team meeting, Uh, whether that comes down to you uh, want to make a career transition. Be really clear, invest some time, really identify what is the clarity of your objective Um, and then work out what's your start point? Where are you in relation to that uh, and, you know, I see uh, people skip over that step uh, way too quickly. Um, and then, you know, they construct a plan that uh, is probably too complicated for the objective they want to achieve, but really fails to recognize where they're starting from. And the final bit of this is that once you've got your, your objective, your start point and your plan specifically underlined in bold, what is What is your next action? What are you actually going to do next? Uh, And people very often become quite fanciful around that. No, very often the next action is, you know, pick up the phone, call Fred, arrange uh, a session where we're going to talk about Project Y. It's to pick up the phone. That's the next action. Uh, It might be draft the three bullets for the conversation I need to have with Fred. So that's before you even pick up the phone. Um, it might be a raise a team meeting for the content that I need to discuss with Fred you'll, you'll get the point it's it's really being specific about what the next action is most people I see um, will uh, when they're unclear of the objective you just uh, have as their next action make progress with project Y that's not specific enough it really gets specific. Next thing, work out the basics and do them brilliantly. Uh, and, you know, that's a mantra that, that I use a lot when working with people, working with myself. I've probably said it on the cast before. You know, basics done brilliantly leads to uh, brilliant performance. Uh, and, yeah, you know, I'm not going to apologise for that. Um, yeah, you know, if you're doing... Uh, any of any of your approaches you let's use the example of a team meeting basics done brilliantly so what are the basics of our team meeting and agree what they are you know is it is it you know we start on time and we don't wait do you agree that you know we're always kind of running from meeting to meeting we'll give it we'll give a grace period of five minutes being clear on that that's a basic because if you're not clear on that some people are going to be sitting there during that five-minute grace period, getting frustrated uh, that the fact you haven't started on time, and then other people, you know, if they're five minutes late and you have started, they're going to get frustrated. So yeah, that's a real basic around clarity of understanding. So work out what those basics are, and that yeah applies to absolutely anything you you you, you take on understanding and working out what the basics are now i'm going to get a bit contradictory here you might need to do a bit of research there you might need to speak to some people uh find out what they think uh the reason why i think that's contradictory is i think you can do too much of that uh and then confuse yourself but you know experiment experiment with what you've got don't wait too long uh experiment check how how things is it working uh, and if it is, carry on doing it. If it isn't, adapt. And if it really isn't working, drop the thing that you're that you're doing. Don't follow it slavishly. Just work out what the basics are for you and and do them. Uh, and then, you know, if you really want to help yourself with those basics, write them down, share them with someone, and ask to be held to account to them. Um yeah it's really powerful simple but powerful okay third point uh m i now m i can definitely help uh you know in 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 most ob- ob- objectives some form of m i either explicit uh you know uh or or implicit m i you know uh, are people turning up on time just you know have a feel around that when you reflect on how well a meeting has has, has, has gone um however In my experience of developing MI and constructing MI, if you've not achieved one of these helpful hints, you haven't got a clarity about what it is you're looking to achieve. You know, the MI just gets out of control. (coughs) Excuse me. The MI gets out of control. Uh, So, you know, always start with the questions you're looking to satisfy and then build the MI around them. What I see more often is, people looking at what they can collect and presenting that in you know numerous graphs that you know with the best will in the world uh, people struggle to understand uh, and in many cases uh, where where they believe they understand there's a difference in, of interpretation uh, often around around the table, or within even within yourself, you know when you check in with with stuff, even if it's a kind of personal dashboard that you've you've created around some stuff you want to achieve, you know consistency month to month, your interpretation of the MI might might, might well be changing. So my mantra around a collection of MI is, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. So really start with what it is you're looking to achieve, and then build the MI around that okay final point number four uh start small and then potentially expand so you know, really get the basics really hone in on what it is you're looking to achieve and then do some things start small and then build don't wait too long before making at least some progress some momentum towards what it is you're looking to achieve that's easier said than done. In actual fact, all of those points are easier said than, than done. But I'm confident if you explore and experiment with those four points, uh, you'll probably develop an approach that's a bit more meaningful, a bit more focused, and hopefully uh, helps you stay committed to what it is you want to achieve. Uh, without that, you know what what I think. I tend to see, and I have mentioned this in previous casts. People get really motivated in the early stages about how much progress they're going to make uh, because of the approach they're adopting. And then, as that approach starts to fall short, lose heart, lose motivation, and um, then you know, really don't achieve all all that they could. So, start small, keep it keep it clear about what it is you're trying to achieve, and um, yeah. Do those basics, do them brilliantly. Okay, so that's uh, episode 16. Uh, are you too fancy? Uh, I hope that's been of use as always. Uh, interested in any feedback? Uh, also, any feedback, you know, five stars on iTunes or wherever it is your or Apple Podcast, wherever it is you're your, uh, downloading this podcast from. Uh, five star reviews are always great. Uh, uh, always helpful. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, it's the usual email address. That's Damien at EffectiveChallenge dot com. Damien D A M I A N at EffectiveChallenge dot com. Until the next time, uh, stay well.